Hello, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Pac-Man Podcast. I'm Ted Flint. With me is my daughter, Madeline. We're going to be talking about one uh, course she's taking at SUNY Albany called Public Policy, and uh, she's going to fill us in on what she learns twice a week, right? Yep. Every Tuesday and Thursday. <laughs> I know she looks forward to it. Well, we look forward to hearing from you, honey. And it, but first, we got to get to a couple of breaking stories here. The U.S. is in talks to pay hundreds of millions of dollars to families separated at the border. Our government is considering payments of up to $450,000 per person affected by the Trump administration's zero tolerance policy for asylum seekers illegally crossing the border. That's common sense. That's what the government should be doing, protecting our borders. That's what President Trump did. President Biden has a different approach. On a related story in Texas, Governor Greg Abbott has announced Operation Lone Star has resulted in over 7,700 migrants arrested on criminal charges. According to the Texas Department of Public Safety, the figures are as of October 14th, and they include 1,300 arrests for criminal trespassing and 6,339 arrests for felony charges. We live in two Americas, a red America and a blue America. The uh, lieutenant in, of the DPS, Chris Olivares, told Fox News, we're not doing catch and release. We're doing catch and jail. And that's how it should be. Catch and release is Obama's policy. And, and I'm sure Biden is trying to continue that policy, but it's not flying in Texas. And it's not flying in uh, Florida either. Uh, Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida and the state of Florida is suing the president, NASA, and other government agencies over the unlawful COVID-19 vaccine mandates, unlawful according to DeSantis, that require federal contractors to get vaccinated. And according to DeSantis, again, the, these uh, mandates threaten the state's economy. The president last month announced plans to impose vaccine mandates on federal employees and businesses, private businesses, with 100 or more employees, unvaccinated workers have got to be tested regularly. And you had to get tested, honey, on a regular, it was weekly, right, before you got the vaccine? I did. Um, and they are implementing some new laws down there where they're saying it's highly recommended that students, no matter what their vaccination status is, should be uh, weekly tested or tested mm. weekly. Even if you're, you've, you've gotten both shots? Yeah, um, we're not allowed to eat or drink in the lecture centers because you have to wear your masks at all times and you're socially distanced. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, there's so much going on here. We hit those stories. A couple of other things I want to get to, but first let's get to what you're here for. And you're going to talk about, as you have on a couple of occasions about, and I, I when you're telling me this stuff, you and I commute, I'll tell the, the listeners, you, we go, we go to work and school, uh, in my little Ford Ranger. Oh. We have a lot to talk about. We have a 40 mile drive to SUNY Albany. And what I, what I hear from you on a regular basis is shocking to me that they're they're teaching you this stuff in school. It's flat out Marxism. They're supposed to be playing it down the center. That's what they want of conservatives. They want everybody treated equally. They want all this equity on their terms. Do you feel as though they're they're playing it down the middle? Um, when they're talking about equity and diversity, they really only mean the external social aspects of college. They're really not talking about academics. They're not talking about economics. Nothing internal, nothing individualistic, because to them that's you know, yeah. they're collective. They're collectivists. Yeah. Um, the student body is a whole. It's not students who are individuals who are attending that college for their own individual, um, you know, academic career or whatever. It's it's the students in general and it's the U Albany campus yeah. and everybody's just lumped into one. Everybody's equal. Everybody's uh, equitable. And 
We all have well, equal access. We're not all equal in our abilities. No, that's where they throw, that's where they give you the whole equity speech, where it's, it's um, giving people who have different issues different amounts of care so that they can all be equal. It's, and now they've shifted their views from equality to equity because, you know. They switch from e uh, equality of, of opportunity to equality of results. Yeah, yeah. It's a whole um, input and output thing versus like the outcomes now. Um, and progressives are, from what we have already known, you know that they want to expand government further into education. And, and if you look at it, there's really no more room for government to go any, any further. The government already permeates every aspect of our society. And it wasn't meant to be that way. The founders, and I know the founders are All described... <laughs> They're described in your textbook in, in lowercase, the founders. Yeah. And I know you, your, your teacher, your instructor, or professor, whatever, she refers to them uh, pejoratively, like the founders, or, yeah. or, you know, because they owned slaves. They're, they were older white men of, of, uh, of means. They were part of the aristocracy. But they risked everything to, to, uh, to found a country, life and limb and all their, their fortunes and everything. Uh, and they, the founders were great men. Yes, they owned slaves. But the people who are teaching you, they, they really take every opportunity to, to bash the founders. They, they bash President Trump at every turn, which you were telling me that. And, and Republicans in general, I want you to speak to this. They say that Republicans right. don't like, uh, they don't want rights for minorities yes. or for women. From American politics, yeah, I do um, remember that. That's every time I go into that class, there's something new about how conservatives are the bad example of government and what you shouldn't be doing and how agencies are abusing their power that always goes back to the bush administration the trump administration um the reagan administration which is obviously false because it's all you know, it's, it's all fake they, it's fake you know what about the clinton administration they ever mention his impeachment well they just say that he's a really good president you know there's not yeah, he really was much great. else to elaborate on with him um, but what i really wanted to touch base on in this podcast was education policy and what that means for kids who are still in public school um because conservatives are, uh, because conservatives focus on personal development and educational achievement um, within the individual students, and that that student can take on whatever responsibility and take the initiative to do better academically, and it's based on their family and like if they have parents reading with them or working mm -hmm. with them or just supporting them, supporting them in general. You said it. You said it right there, though. They if they take the initiative, they have to want. To take the right. initiative. That's but, and that's why progressives don't want to view education as something that um, families have a lot of control over. Because in the individual private family, if it's a private right and a and a private choice to take that initiative, the government can't intervene. That's right. Unless the government finds a way to make it an issue that's a public issue that can't be solved by you know people on their own, then they don't know how to deal with it. We believe as conservatives in achievement and uh, in meritocracy. The other side, they have their own whole set of rules that they base everything off of. Um, everything for them is external. You know, race, socioeconomic status, gender, and sexuality, sexual orientation. I don't know. Those are all different things, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, we get, your, we get your point. I mean, they, they uh, tend to... Uh, it's about groupthink it and not, 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 not the individual. They, they tend to emphasize programs that eliminate privilege only when it's white. Um, <laughs> they want to eliminate discrimination um, and they want to really focus on personal ability, but not personal, personal initiative, personal ability. 
and that for them is completely different and because they're not teaching for education they're not teaching about values they're teaching you about social equity mm -hmm. and how to be more equitable with your community members who are different than you but that's why the United States is ranked 30th out of however many schools that they put into that data set when it comes to education results and academic results. We are paying more per pupil than tons of other countries. We're ranked eighth in that list. But 30th in results. So we're not getting the bang for the buck. Right. It doesn't matter how much money you sink into these schools. These students are still not maybe not going to be good at certain topics. Like right. I was not good at algebra in ninth grade. Nor was I. I, f I failed it in ninth grade. <laughs> I almost failed it. I can't that's really my girl. <laughs> <laughs> but that's no matter how much money that the school would sink into whatever programs mm -hmm. or whatever, just the school wants more money for their to increase their budget or whatever. That's not going to help me pass algebra. If I'm not good at that, and I'm not taking the initiative to get tutoring or study harder or devote more time to math instead of like English or art or whatever I was doing instead, the school's money isn't going to help me pass. Mm -hmm. So we need to stop adding so much more money into these, these schools. Yep. It's not doing anything except getting like, I can just think of a whole bunch of things that they're sinking money into. Like at SUNY Albany, they've got their gay pride flags up, you know, I, I all over the place. They have these new lounge chairs that nobody sits in. Um, they have really weird art and stuff that they have to pay for to put into their wellness exhibit in the museum. The best money can buy, best taxpayers yeah. can buy. Or even just um, elementary schools and middle schools, high schools, they're paying for, you know, wheat, rice, like brown rice, uh, life water. Bring some home. I love brown rice. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> so, right. I don't know. Michelle well, Obama wanted that implemented. Oh, she did. Uh, big Mama yeah. Michelle, huh? <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I, I could, I could, feel, working for the assembly, I could, I could tell you all kinds of different things that the state spends money on. It, it yeah, could save taxpayers literally millions and millions every year. Like um, these, they have 10 water fountains on one wall in uh, one of the buildings at the college. <laughs> but there's still kids. Why, why 10? I don't know. It's just. Uh, it's like we're getting separate water fountains like they did back in the 60s yeah, like for blacks and whites? Or? I hope not. I don't. Nobody uses them, so I don't there's know. A there's a different kind of segregation going on here. But they want. It's a choice, though. Nobody's being forced by the government to be segregated, and somebody could take that differently and say that it's a demographic issue and yeah. socioeconomic issue where people can't afford to live in certain places, and they might say white, more like wealthier families tend to be more suburban, and then the minority groups are going to get concentrated in the city. Yeah. But they really just like being together. You know, people want to be with people of their own kind, people sure. of their same values. That's right. So it's it's not a segregation that's forced on them like Jim Crow laws, which they won't stop talking about. Based <laughs> on what you tell me on a daily basis, if you know white males would be feel as though they might be segregated from the pack, or they're they're just I think they're they're held in contempt by a lot of your instructors, aren't they? Or and many of your instructors are white men. Yeah, um, <laughs> this, my American politics professor in particular is always just crushing white older men, and he's white, and he's older, and he's a man. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know if he's you yeah, know, in his right they're, mind. They're or... demented. You know, liberalism is a is a mental disorder, as Michael Savage once said, and he's right. So I mean, uh, what's the, what's the one course? Oh, yeah, and, and art is it art history? Oh no, no, I love art history. You love art, but I mean, even then they they talk it's about equity. It's this um, freshman seminar called Why Museums, and I really do enjoy the class. I get to keep a visual journal, which I have multiple of just in my room for, you know, my personal use, but this one's for the class strictly. 
um, they can't even let you enjoy art. And they've got to tell you not to hold the Renaissance art to such high standards and such high value because it was white, straight men or whatever. From the Renaissance time, <laughs> they can't leave well enough alone. They've got to go back to you know da vinci and all them well they, they were the greatest art they were the greatest artists ever i mean it, that period produced some of the greatest artwork ever that the renaissance period the greek, the greek classical period and, you know those are i think we've digressed a lot yeah digressed we should be lot. progressing isn't that what progressives are all about progressing oh, no their their main theme is to go backwards yeah, they <laughs> like, digress and erase history as much as they think they're erasing history they can't no matter how, how hard they try but I'll tell you, you know, uh, I can't believe we're just about out of time. I mean, did you cover everything you want to cover or you want to hit a couple of more things? Um, I think if I want to cover more of the topics that I need to talk about, and um, you guys can catch me back next time I show up, I'll talk about American politics and bring my textbook with you so that you can oh, get the a textbook. Rundown. The examples are unbelievable. Yeah. 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 Of the bias. I mean, I was, I was taken by what they had to say about Trump. President oh, yeah. Trump. Oh, it's they're just they're going to slander him with any chance they get. Yeah. And slander is the right word too. We'll have you back Tuesday night, okay? Because that's <laughs> that's the next show Tuesday night into Wednesday. But uh, before we uh, depart, and we won't be speaking to you until Tuesday night, and that's election night. So here in New York State, oh, if you're listening, yeah, you're and, and you get eighteen. I'm pre-registered. If you're not pre-registered and you're almost eighteen, you need to do that now. Yeah. So yeah, that's good advice. Next year. Right, the next election, there may be a school board election. Uh, might be a board member who's uh, going to depart. We hope, but that may be on the next show as well. Uh, before you go, before we go, uh, there are four propositions up on the uh, on the ballot in New York State. If you're listening to us in New York State, and there are four, I'm not going to go through each one because it's it's complicated. Suffice it to say that I'm voting no on there. I guess there are five resolutions. I'm voting no on one through four. And I'll just break it down for you. A lot of it, it, it would make it possible. I think Proposition 1 would make it possible for all people in New York State to be counted in the upcoming census, which affects redistricting. And, and when I say all people, regardless of immigration status, illegals, Democrats want this. They want illegals counted as citizens because it gives them a, a, a bit, even a bigger advantage in the next election. So this it involves redistricting. I'm not going to get into it. I don't have the time to get into it. But resolutions one through four, for me, I can't tell you how to vote. You got to do that yourselves. Uh, a big no on one through four. And I haven't even looked into number five yet, but before Tuesday, I will. What else is happening? One other thing. I want to uh, mention that Joe Biden and uh, Kamala Harris, I guess we could save this, but I, I read today in World Net Daily, they are drifting further apart. Now, no doubt it's because of... Uh, well, I think Biden's driving a wedge down the middle of the country because of his policies are very uh, divisive. But it's obvious here. There's a piece uh, in World Net Daily, as I mentioned, Jack uh, Posobiec is reporting that there are two administrations in this White House. And Jill Biden, the first lady, has asked about using the 25th Amendment to get rid of Kamala Harris, the VP. During an appearance on Steve Bannon's War Room, Posobiec was commenting on a new poll showing 35% of Americans want the presidential election, the 2020 election, the outcome overturned. And he cited the internal division, he says, has been confirmed by his White House sources. Kamala Harris's direct quote from World Net Daily, Kamala Harris and her team are referring to Biden as the Titanic behind his back. 
And he also says he got worried Jill Biden over the weekend was actually asking around if there's any way to remove a sitting vice president. He said she's looking to say, is there something, does the 25th Amendment apply to the vice? Is there anything we can do to make this happen? She knows Kamala Harris is the freight train bearing down on her husband. And it's an interesting piece. Again, go to WorldNet Daily. And I mean, obviously, Biden's had his issues, probably the worst seven or eight months of any presidency in the history of our country. It, it would appear obvious to anybody who reads this and anybody who follows the politics in the White House that Kamala Harris is is putting some distance between herself and Joe Biden because she is she has designs uh, on the presidency, obviously. For all the fine shows we uh, uh, provide for you, go to the bmgnetwork.com. You'll hear the Pac-Man show, Ken and Mike, uh, the Ken Burns show, and uh, KC with Set Apart, and uh, who am I leaving out? Adrian Ross with her show. I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody. If I, if I did, I apologize. If you want to contact me directly, it's Pac-Man, P-A-C-M-A-N, at thebmgnetwork.com, all lowercase. We've got to run. We've got a football game to catch. Packers and... <laughs> Packers in Arizona going to tee it up in a few minutes. Packers are 6-1. and one. Arizona still undefeated. Uh, they'll be defeated tonight, though. So they'll both be 7-1 and one after this evening. If the Lord wills it, my daughter and I will be back Tuesday night. All right? Thanks for tuning us in. If the Lord wills it, we'll talk to you then. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to thebmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint.